0: This is Interviews Episode 102, and I'm with two guests today. With me, I have Salo Sterenthal and Beto Azud. They are the co-founders of SoStereo.com, Stereo, so an integrated platform and service created to modernize the way brands find and work with artists for their ads in order to participate in culture and connect to their consumers. So basically, think music for ads. So stereo essentially give ads or creative agencies, TV networks and brands across the US and Latin America an easy, convenient way to discover emerging artists to use in their projects, while at the same time giving independent and emerging artists a concrete opportunity to expand their reach while earning a new revenue stream. Before I turn to... Salo and Beto, log on my website and download your copy of my ebook, The Entrepreneur Mindset: 7 Tactics to Avoid Being the Bottleneck in Your Business. You'll find the link in the show notes. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a global remote company that has been providing marketing and communication services since 2005 Their goal help you thrive in the new normal. Log on their website to learn more, socialprize.org. M-E. Hello guys, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you, Laurent. Thank you, Laurent. Great to be here.
0: Excellent. So first question, how did you guys meet?
1: Better you want to start or should I? Uh, I can start. Uh, we met um, through a mutual friend uh, prior to going to Berkeley College of Music. Um, a friend of mine called me up and said if I had a roommate, and uh and I said no. And she's like, Yeah, I have a friend. Uh why don't you meet him and see if, if he can be a roommate? So we went okay. to lunch and 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 once we went to lunch, we started talking about music and music production and, and music business. And kind of like from that point on, uh, you know, I, I know that, that he was a good guy, so like why not be a roommate? Um and and the rest was history. We met and and immediately we started talking about things that we both had in common. One was, uh, you know, working with artists, working with uh, in the music business, uh, and we both wanted to, you know, start something, build something, right? We both had uh, that, that, uh, that need to create something from scratch or to, to work and to, you know, uh, that, that desire to, to be entrepreneurial, right? I think we both had that in common. Yeah, I, I
2: will add that that one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, we had similar passions, we had similar viewpoints about the way that we saw the music industry, but we also deferred enough where we challenged each other in interesting ways. Um, and I think that's what, you know, eventually led to a great friendship and then, you know, a great uh, business relationship as well.
0: Mm. And so how did so Stereo ID come up?
2: So that's a that's a longer story. Um, so, you know. We were, me and Beto were roommates all four years. We began working together, producing and writing music, you know, for independent artists around, you know, Berkeley, beyond, et cetera. Um, and then one of our first kind of bigger clients was Zumba Fitness, uh-huh. uh, the fitness company. Um, so in college, we would write and s- music for them and sell them beats and, and songs, et cetera. So we like to joke that if you've been to a Zumba class, you've probably heard us rap and sing. Um, but that was basically how we made, you know, drinking money on the side in college, right? <laughs> um, and, um, you know, over time, um, we gained their trust. Uh, Beto had a great relationship with them. Um, and they approached Beto with a problem, which was like, you know, hey, we're doing these major campaigns with these major artists. Um, and it's very expensive. You know, is there a, a, another avenue that you guys can suggest, right? Uh, to make it more cost effective, you know, get better ROI, et cetera. So Beto suggested licensing uh, music from indie artists. You know, we would have to find the indie artist, do the licensing and go that route, right? Um, which they liked, they said, go for it. Um, Beto at the time had a relationship with an artist in, uh, in, in Colombia. Uh, he had worked with her producer a while back and they were starting kind of to talk business. So we presented the opportunity. Uh, we did a couple of licenses from her Uh, for Zumba, I think it was three or four songs. Um, And soon we, there was a kind of like a groundswell where um, we heard from HQ that basically Zumba goers were Shazamming the songs in the middle of class or they were walking up to the instructors and saying, hey, what is that, Mm -hmm. right? So much so that eventually the Zumba instructors went to HQ and said, hey, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you guys did here, but we need more of it. Um, And that's when they approached us about doing a custom campaign with that artist um, which we did, we shot a, a specific, you know, video, she was in the, in the video for the classes, etc. cetera. Um, and that led to about 10 million views on YouTube within the first month or two, something crazy yeah. like that. And mid to high five figures in sales within the first month or two in, 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 iTunes at the time, which for an indie artist out of Columbia was like unheard of, right. Let alone, yeah. you know, a brand coming in and, and helping promote the music. So it was a great kind of eye-opener about, if you make it easy for brands to work with Indian emerging artists, there's a win-win to be had where the brand can create a authentic, culturally relevant campaign or piece of content, et cetera, that can resonate with their audience at a 10th of the price of leveraging a major artist. At the same time, it can help launch the career of an indie artist, help them make money where otherwise they wouldn't have made, introduce
1: them to new audiences, et cetera.
0: Did you guys know you, Wanted to become entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, I, I mean so, yes. personally, I mean, personally, me, mm-hmm. the way the way I grew up, the way I was raised, like my dad was an entrepreneur. A mm-hmm. lot of people in my family had that um, had a desire, right? And and I I worked at um, at a record label prior to starting social Stereo, also. So kind of like also oh, saw early on that you know, climbing the corporate ladder wasn't for me. Um, I, I I always had a a desire to to create things and and to start something from scratch, right? Uh, so uh, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always uh, knew that that was kind of like my my passion, and and I had a calling to to just be entrepreneurial around around music and 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 the music industry in general.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And for me, I mean, I think. I don't think I ever looked at it as I wanted to be an entrepreneur, um, but I know that I wanted to have my own, you know, I wanted to be originally I wanted to be a writer and a producer and I wanted to have my own company and eventually start my own, you know, record label or publishing company where I developed artists and that happened to be, you know, be an entrepreneur but I think if you asked me at the time in college like what was my career path I don't think I knew the word entrepreneur right um you know and and vice versa i i my dad worked for corporate america for 20 years and i don't think he has anything bad to say about corporate america but i knew just looking at at you know at that that that's not what i wanted um so so i come from kind of the opposite world from from beto in that perspective but um you know also to beto's point i think a lot of my family members were entrepreneurs and i learned so much from them at the dinner tables and family dinners and stuff like that and um i saw their passion and and you know their challenges and 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 it really it really resonated with me with that so even though i didn't know i wanted to be an entrepreneur i think i always you know eh, i didn't know what the word was let's call um, it but that's what i always wanted to do
0: what does it mean to be an entrepreneur today
2: i think so many people are entrepreneurs you know in today's day and age where you know especially with the creator economy and things that we're seeing in trends of you know um the gig economy and stuff like that i think so many people are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial um i just think it means working for yourself and finding you know ways to support yourself without having to rely on on necessarily one company right um yeah, I yeah and, that's a good, and just, that's a good
1: just question. to add to that i mean just to add to that um you can work for a company and be entrepreneurial in that role, yeah, right? Like you're, 100%. like what, what the things that we say to, to, to our team is that you you have a role, right? You you have a clear role, and you have objectives, and you're responsible for certain um, for certain objectives. But but there's there's always uh, area to innovate, area to create new opportunities, right? As long as you're responsible with your role and your objectives you can always reach out to new ideas and new innovation, right? You can always yeah. uh, kind of like go a little bit further and and, and, um, and just create more opportunities and go, go out of the comfort zone pretty much. And I think being I entrepreneurial think- is is that, right? Like stepping out of your comfort zone and exploring new ways to add value pretty much. Wherever your role is, just find ways to add new value and, and not be comfortable with, with just doing enough, pretty much always going a little bit further.
2: Yeah, I think I think you just made me think of something, which I think maybe, I don't know if it defines it a little bit, you know, for me, it, it's it's being self-sufficient, you know, mm. I think we hire people in our company that have the entrepreneurial mindset. And that is that they are, you know, creative thinkers, and that they are self-sufficient in the sense that they don't need to be told what to do. You know, they've given a goal and they figure out ways to do it. You know, um, they are resourceful, right? I think being those two things are definitive of you know the entrepreneurial mindset.
0: Nice. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, your company, and then we will look into your the relation your relationships. Where? What's the big dream for Sostirio?
2: Um, the big dream is to you know. Unlock access to the world's music for brands and creators, right? Mm. Um, If you think about it, music drives so much of life, right? Music is such an influential part of everyone's lives. Everyone loves music, right? Um, You know, and in today's day and age, video content is exploding, right? Whether you're on your phone, whether, you know, we're doing a Zoom right now and you want to post the Zoom on YouTube. Right, uh, doing a Twitch stream, doing a commercial, a TV show—just you know—I think that stat is like eighty-two percent of video of internet consumption is for video content. Right? It doesn't make sense the fact that I can go on Spotify and have access to any artist I can think of and listen to them and enjoy them, but if I want to license their music to put them on video, I can't. Right? Mm. So that—that's the big vision—is to, you know unlock the access to, to artists for use in video content. Right. Um, you know, similarly, no one goes to Spotify to listen to stock music. And that seems to be the only scalable solution to brands and content creators nowadays. Um, and it's, you know, I, we think, you know, our thesis is that it's the only solution because no one has figured out how to get, you know, artists, the, the access, right. So, um, so that, that's really the, the big goal that we aim to do is, you know, these big record labels have millions of copyrights sitting on a shelf, you know, and we want to, you know, make that accessible for use in video content.
1: Yeah, and at the same time, it's just providing uh, additional opportunities for artists to be successful. Uh, And, and nowadays, you know, artists have, have, um, you know, to find new ways, right? Uh, Obviously, with the pandemic, you know, you're you're seeing artists having to find, uh, new revenue streams, right? So there's no better feeling when we communicate to an artist that we place their song in a Toyota ad, right? It just makes uh, a big difference, right? And 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 uh, sharing with them uh, the campaign, sharing with them, uh, you know, just money that really makes a difference and helps them pay their mortgage or helps them pay the, the recording of their next single. Um, so we believe that, that were really affecting the lives of the artists in a very positive way and the artists themselves are affecting uh the success of the brands in a very positive way like it, it goes both ways altogether. together yeah. so um the dream is to create uh more opportunities to artists for sure like that's the most uh rewarding thing of all uh, i would say yeah um,
2: if you're talking about entrepreneurs right artists are entrepreneurs yeah. um so you know i can't you know, tell you the amount of times that we've had an artist say, oh my God, you know, during the pandemic, like, you know, an artist, we got an artist a placement and, um, you know, they said that they didn't know how they were going to pay rent that month and that we helped them pay rent or another artist, we helped pay the mortgage. You know, we, we recently did a placement, um, you know, the uh, Denver Nuggets licensed the song and the artists were so excited because they're huge basketball fans that they drove from Chicago to Denver to try, to go see, you know, their song playing in the stadium. Um, so, you know, we're, we, we're really touching the lives of so many entrepreneurs at the end of the day um, and creating opportunities for them to, you know, make a living being entrepreneurial as opposed to needing, you know, a day job somewhere else or,
0: you know. Yeah, you're talking about making an, an impact, a positive impact. I've, I've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs and this is something that keeps on coming back, you know, making a difference, making a difference. It's very clear.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I've interviewed uh, many entrepreneurs who are co-founders in their business, but I've rarely interviewed two co-founders at the same time. <laughs> and I want to talk about the relationships a bit more between, between you. you two. Yeah, of course. Would so stereo exist if you had not met each other?
1: Definitely not. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Why not?
1: I mean, because I mean, a lot of a lot of what we did is, you know, I think if I started South stereo together, like just if I started South stereo alone, it wouldn't be the same. Right. Uh, the things that Salo brought to the table, his expertise, the way the way he handles product, the way he handles the creative side, business development, like a lot of what he brought to the table, uh, it wouldn't be possible. Right. So, I, I I mean, in our specific case, I think that that we just. um we each, uh, you know, fill the uh, the areas that we're weak at. I guess like it just happened to be that the things that I'm not that good at, he's very good at, and mm-hmm. vice versa, right? So I think uh, we complement each other very well. So, um, you know, I, you take one of us out of the equation, there's there's definitely, uh, you know, it would it would definitely hurt the business. <laughs> yeah, know, sure. it
2: would either it would either look very different or it would be non-existent altogether to this point. I mean, I think the success that we've had lies in you know the yin and yang that that me and beto have in the sense of like he said we we fill each other's you know blind spots and weaknesses you know very very well um you know um so yeah
0: so you are complementary yeah
1: correct so Yeah. yeah for sure for sure i mean early on we we i mean i would say like two years into it we understood uh what we were good at and what our roles should be and so we knew what each of us should focus on Mm -hmm. and the lanes that we should that we should uh that we should follow pretty much uh, in the company and so uh we understood that and 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 just we move forward knowing those things no i think it's important to note that you know i think
2: you know you might have two other co-founders that you know I have this similar kind of yin and yang, you know, compliment each other, et cetera, but maybe ego gets in the way and, and maybe one doesn't want to let go of something. I think to, to, to Beto's and I's credit, uh, you know, to pat ourselves in the back, I guess, um, I think we've, we've both approached the company from a perspective of, you know, it's the company first, not not me, you know, and, and Beto mm-hmm. is the same. I trust 100% that Beto looks at it's the company first, not me, right? And we both trust each other in that, in that perspective. Um, and I think the removal of ego lets each other, hey, you're better at this. let's let's focus you on this. I'm better at that. Let's focus me on this. And how do we get that? So I think that's it's been very important for us to 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 do that. and um, you know, I think it's gotten us to where we are today for sure.
0: Right. So how have you uh, divided responsibilities and tasks between the two of you?
2: Uh, it's honestly evolved. Um, you know, originally, Um, at the very, very beginning, Beto was more on kind of the music and and a little bit on the biz dev, and I was more on kind of the product and some biz dev and sales. We were both kind of doing sales and we were both doing creative. Uh, Then over time, Beto removed himself from the music and focused specifically on sales, business development. Um, And I, you know, I removed, sorry, yeah, I removed myself from sales more into creative and product. So we've kind of been specializing more and more as time has gone on and as we've hired for different positions. Um, and yeah. And, and, you know, the important things I think we do together in terms of like strategy, you know, like mm. we sit down we talk strategy, we have advisors, etc. cetera. Um, but then when it comes to executing, I think we have our kind of, you know, our, our roles pretty well-defined and, and yeah. we're respectful of those roles. And, and look, if I need Beto to help on product because one day I'm not there or whatever, you know, better, I I trust better to step in, you know, and, and like, know, we, and, you
1: we, know, yeah. we, we both have done everything, uh, right. Like yeah. from the early days, like we both have done the music side. We both have done the product side. We both have done the creative side, the sales side, the business side, the marketing side, like we both have covered all areas. Right. So, uh, and it, it is in covering those areas that we realized, you know, what we were good at right and what we were more efficient with right doesn't mean that we both can't do it it's just one is more suitable uh and it you know just just to do it efficient i think is a good word efficient it comes more naturally i would say yeah um and so but but yeah uh, that being said like we we both uh understand all areas of the company and and definitely get together to strategize and 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 look at holes and gaps to and try to fill them sure
0: so do you guys report to each other?
1: Uh, yes, yes, pretty much. We report to each other and we report to our board. Oh. Yeah. We also believe that uh, there should be some corporate governance. There should be like, you know, founders. There should be a board or, or people that are close to, to, to what you do and, and that ultimately they want, you know, at the end of the day, the board should be aligned with, with your goals, right? The board should want whatever the founders want, right? And so it is our responsibility for founders to have quarterly board meetings, right? And, and, and check out the, you know, talk strategy, talk, uh, you know, the, the overall state of the company and, and, and make decisions because like founders need to also be held accountable. And, mm. and you know, a lot of times founders are feet to the ground and just in the day-to-day executing, but it's all, always good to come out a little bit and get some perspective you're always you're always executing, you're always uh, you know working with your team, with clients, with vendors all the time, but it's always good to step out uh, and take a bird's eye view of what's going on and just doing that in a board setting with people that have the same goals that you have mm-hmm. can be super beneficial um, and I would say like we wouldn't be here also if it weren't for you know, a lot of the feedback that we received from our advisors, from our board members, uh, from the people that really care about the company, uh, we, we definitely have learned a lot and, and are still learning. Right. And I think that's all also, you know, part of the responsibility of a founder and an entrepreneur is to always be surrounded with people that that care about you and care about the company and, and being wide open to receive constructive criticism and to learn. Cause we, I mean, you never have all the answers. So like, that is, is something that, that has been critical. And, you know, and, and I, and, you know, I also learned from my team, you know, if they have, like, I like to say to my team, like we're, you know, and I, anyone that has an idea, all ideas are, have the same value yeah. and you're, you're not, you're not run by hierarchy, right. Uh, you're run by ideas and you're run by, by, by what the, your team suggests. Right. So. I think it's important to always be, you know, being open to to hearing and to learning uh, and receiving constructive criticism for sure.
0: Mm. What other lessons have you learned? Salo, maybe, this time. Uh,
2: How much time do you got?
0: (laughs) (laughs) As much as you want, let's go. Uh,
2: It's hard to, I mean, you know, again, look, um, we, you know, we started the company, you know, with... I don't want to say minimal experience, but I mean, we, you know, Beto worked in in a major record label for for a little bit. I worked here with independent artists for a little bit as well, but it's not like we had, you know, 10, 20 years experience working in corporate America or working Mm -hmm. in other startups to learn from. So, you know, I think at the very beginning it was, you know, YouTube was our friend, you know, books were our friend in the sense of, you know, we got a, you know, my dad likes to say, we got a, a master's degree in entrepreneur by, by, by just, you know, reading what was out there. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, the the resources. So, you know, reading things like the lean startup, right. And, and, and putting that to, 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 you know, putting that to, to use in, in building our company, right. Um, building lean, doing things at the beginning that don't scale, and then figuring out how to scale the, the different pieces and create a scalable business. I think there's, you know, There's been so much learning, um, you know, and and to Beto's point, I mean, I think we we continue to learn, right? Um, We've had the luck to surround ourselves with an amazing advisory board and an amazing board of directors with, you know, people that have been there, done that, right? That have been to where we want to get to uh, and can say to us, you know, this you're doing right, this you're doing wrong, fix it, and here's how you fix it, right? Um, You know, and provide... You know, guidance. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of lessons, um, you know, and I think, um, you know, n- another, I think, lesson for me is, you know, it's not just what's on the surface, it's what's what's under the surface, right? So, for example, um, you know, at the very beginning, let's say a client, you know, m- might have not wanted to transact from us, Right. Um, but they really, really like the product. And then it's like figuring out, well, why, why, is that? Like, why do you really, really like us, but you don't want to transact from us. And one of our advisors brought to our attention, like, you know, you have a, you know, a credibility issue, you're brand new. No one knows about you. Right. This guy is probably more comfortable going with universal because it's, yeah, it'll be more expensive, but if mm. they fuck up, he can point to his boss and say, well, it's universal. What did you want me to do? Like yeah. they fucked up, you know, whatever well sorry if i'm cursing i don't know if i'm allowed to or not Uh, um, you'll you'll bleep it out Um, you know whereas if he bets on the little guy and we don't have any credibility you know it's more on him right so you know it's those kind of little lessons where you you begin to understand the psychology behind you know and and the 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 behind the scenes of of why things might be the way they are kind of the, the game within the game let's call it right um where you need to figure out creative solutions for that right so um, you know if we were just focused on the surface we might have just ignored that and gone to the next client right um so listening is very important and figuring out you know why um but yeah i mean there, there, there's so many lessons i don't know i, mean, I don't know well, if you have anything let me, more specific, let me continue
0: yeah. let me continue with you Sullivan, and ask you a, a follow-up question what have you learned from beto
2: um a lot um in, I think one of the most important things that I've learned from Beto is I'm, I'm usually a very not, I'm not a complicated person. Like I like to, you know, I'm very detailed and I like to talk about, you know, very defined, whatever. And Beto is very like high level and simple. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to keep things simpler. Um, I've also learned the value of, I think Beto does a great job of being personable and keeping people motivated and, and being more of that, um, you know, um, that people person. So I've learned, you know, the value of that and how to incorporate some of those aspects into my day-to-day, whether it's with the team or with clients and stuff like that, um, super important. Those are those are a couple of things that stick out.
0: So some question to you, Beto, but about Salo this time.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I definitely learned a lot as well. Um, and for me, it's, it's uh, a lot of it is, you know, just holding yourself accountable, right? So. You know, we have—we all should have objectives, uh, I think, and and that's something that I learned from Charles. Like, you need to have clear goals and objectives, and and holding yourself accountable, and and being disciplined in, into like, you know, what are you gonna do to accomplish them, and 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 holding yourself accountable against that, right? So being disciplined with with what you need to do, um, right? And so always being thorough with that. So it's the mindset of of always striving to uh you know to to meet or surpass your objectives right i would say like and and then just being sometimes like there's there's moments like i i i'm like Salo said I, I usually like to keep things simple uh but there's there's a lot of times and moments where it calls for you know for you to be fo- more focused and for you not to improvise so much and for you to like really study a situation um and and think about the pros and cons of something and strategize uh, and, and be more thorough and detail oriented. So I definitely have learned that side of things. So whenever I need to really focus on something, um, I'll I'll implement that into into my decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's definitely something that I've learned as well uh from solo Like I I mean definitely I've have, have become more disciplined with that and 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 just have the the awareness uh uh like what situations call for that what situations can i be more improvising like and stuff like that so that that for sure and and I, I just think that in general we we both learn as we go uh not everything is is smooth for sure like we 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 definitely have arguments right we definitely have situations <laughs> where we where we don't see eye to eye and i think that's normal and i think that when if you don't see eye to eye if you have arguments and you're you know uh if you have times where 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 there's kind of like a healthy confrontation right uh it means that that's, you're doing something good like uh, founders are not meant to to just have this harmonious uh relationship uh 24 7 i would say on the contrary so like uh these arguments are good or healthy right as long as it's respectful and it's coming from a good place uh and um and yeah, so like, but, but definitely I've, 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 I've learned a lot from him and he's learned a lot from me. So, I think that keeps us going And Not only learn, we also learn from our employees and from our team, uh, you know, I learned every day so that, that keeps us honest. And, and, uh, we also make mistakes. And so when you make a mistake, it's about setting up, um, like, how are you going to make sure that that mistake doesn't happen again? Mm. Uh, everyone is going to make a mistake. Uh, but, but it's, it's what you do after the mistake that defines who you are, right? Um, so I like, I like to say, I mean, and this is, everyone says this, but I, it's, it's so true and you're not defined by what you do, but you're defined by who you are. And, and I think throughout, you know, your clients see through that, your team sees through that. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like, for me, it's all about the values that, that make us uh, stand out for sure. From a marketing perspective, from a sales perspective, uh, from an operations perspective, from a team building perspective, it's all about the values.
0: Uh, we talk about your, your big dream uh, earlier on in the conversation uh, and today what are the key challenges that you face toward that dream?
1: Um, I think I mean, uh, yeah go ahead. Beto. No I was going to say like I think every company has challenges for sure and and you know, I mean, it's, it's an evolving landscape right now. Mm. And, uh, as Salo said at the beginning, there's, there's, uh, you know, 80% of the internet's traffic is video, uh, video consumption is on an all time high. And I think a lot of companies are seeing that. So, I mean, you're seeing a lot of companies that are offering music, right. For, for, um, a lot of companies that are offering music for video. Right. And, 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 you know, we started back in, 2015 so uh you know when we started you could count a lot of the companies with 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 two hands right or one hand and now like there's just too many to count and so but that is I see that as a challenge but I also see that as a as a good sign that we're in the right business right that there's that there's a a lot of need uh for 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 what we offer right and and so um that being said, I, I just think that like a lot of like one of the real things that I've learned is that, you know, you can't take any shortcuts and, and that it's a process, right? Like we're all used to seeing, you know, these unicorn companies and, and the, the rapid growth that they saw, like 10x, 20x, 30x, like in, in a year's time, right? But the majority of the companies that are successful have a long history of, of fighting for what they believe in. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things that I like to say is that if if you're consistently uh, providing value to your clients, you know, you're, you're going to keep growing. And as long as you keep being consistent with that, it'll be good. I would say one challenge is that, like, around us, we see uh, companies that might be innovating uh, at a higher rate, faster, companies that have raised, uh, you know, you know upwards of fifty a hundred million dollars right uh and they have a lot of cash and they're and they're you know investing in, in in tech product sales marketing all around uh whereas like we haven't invested aggressively enough compared to those companies but uh everyone has their time um and and so we have we have our process we have you know our vision and we're 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 staying consistent with it and I think eventually results will follow right as long as you're Consistently delivering value to your customers uh, and always innovating. Uh, I think I think you're gonna you're gonna be consistent. Obviously, you also yeah. need luck. Like everything in this mm-hmm. life, you need luck. You need yeah. you need to be yeah. in the right place at the right time, right? I think luck. There's there's a luck factor, but but if you're disciplined, if you're consistent, um, you can you can you can beat the odds pretty much. Yeah, I, I would say I would say that 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 our biggest
2: challenge right now is you know our 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 numbers tell us that we we can be growing faster um but we need the bandwidth to 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 execute all that right so so that's right now currently kind of the the biggest thing right now is we're starting to contemplate you know raising around we're starting to have some conversations because our our numbers are really good and, and in comparison to some of these companies that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars we're in a really, really good spot. You know, I mean, I think our traction is very comparable to those companies that are worth half a billion dollars or whatever. Mm -hmm. In some cases, we're probably doing better than them from a, from a unit economic standpoint. Um, You know, but, but we just, we haven't gotten there yet in terms of raising that round. So that's, so that's kind of the next phase for us is, is really kind of dig in, you know, look to see, should we, shouldn't we, um, you know, what, what that entails, et cetera. And and really kind of, um, you know, Think that through, and 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 if we go for it, then 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 how can we you know um, start scaling, right? I think that's the next phase for us because I think um, you know we have so much opportunity. You know, a company the other day got acquired for ten million dollars because they tag AI. You know, they tag music via AI. Mm-hmm. We have that built in house as part of one of the many solutions that that, that we have, right? So uh, I think to Beto's point, um, there's a lot of great. Kind of market insights a lot of great data points to prove out kind of what we've you know what our thesis is um i think we've been proven right a lot um with the developments of of the industry and and kind of the things that have been happening in our space um and for us it's you know we want to take advantage of the opportunity
0: i love to be practical and give practical recommendations and so uh, before we we finish this uh, conversation, I would like you guys to give practical recommendations to other co-founders out there to help them make sure that their relationships with the other co-founders will be efficient and will be will be solid.
2: Um, I my my biggest thing, and and I think one of the biggest things that I credit mine and Beto's success, not just individually and with the company, but as co-founders in our relationship together, I think is the the removal of ego and the trust factor, right? Um, You know, we have conversations, you know, often enough about how we trust each other to put the company first and put ego, you know, last, right? Right. Uh, And that makes getting through the disagreements or the arguments that much better because I know it comes from a place of passion for the company, not out of wanting to be right. Right. Um, so we know in each other that, you know, if bringing enough data to the table about, you know, to support an argument that we can convince one another to, to see, okay, this is the right path, or this is the right path, or I'm wrong, or you're wrong without having to be, you know, in each other's feelings or about being you know right essentially right and yeah there are times where we you know we still we each have enough data where we still disagree with each other and that's when we go to you know our advisors or people that we trust and bring it to them and if you know whoever that person sides with again it's a matter of saying okay great you're we'll do that right um removal of ego trust and and do that so i think those are some of the biggest you know things of what you know removal of ego, trust, and, and I would add respect for each other as well. Right. Um, you know, if you don't respect y- your co-founder, I mean, I think that's, y- y- you're not, uh, you're not bound to have a, 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 a strong company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would echo that, like definitely removing the ego side of things. Um, I like to say the situation is the boss, um, not so much, anything else right Uh, or anyone else see just Uh, high
2: level and simple the situation is the
0: boss (laughs) so so
1: i mean yeah i mean because i mean that's what you have the goal the goals are the boss so you're in service of your goals that's that's kind of like how i see it everyone has a goal everyone you know has responsibilities and and that's kind of like what you're working towards so the situation is the boss uh so i would recommend that and and um, yeah, just always, always keep those at hand. Keep your values present while working. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean, always. I think the other part that I would say that is important is is not. I mean, everyone says that you have to work hard and put in the hours, and I agree. But it's also important to take time off when mm-hmm. when your body asks for it. And I don't say like just go on vacation. I, yeah, sure, go on vacation. But I also mean like uh you know take an hour break you're there uh because it's you know you can work you can work um you know 15 hour a day right but if you're not working on the right things you know it it, it won't help anyone or anything right so you need to make sure that you're being efficient with with your work schedule uh so working you know working through that and, and being able to identify uh what you need to work on so by by you stepping out um uh, and taking a couple of hours off you know you might have um a moment where you see something clearly and you know what you need to focus on or you know so it's it's kind of like when you're uh an artist or a songwriter you have writer's block um if when you have writer's block and you keep writing uh it's very hard to get out of it a lot of times you just need that that uh that breath of fresh air and and do something else for a bit, go take a shower, get a massage and then come back and then you see something with different eyes. So I think that that is important to keep in mind for other founders.
0: Yeah, I'll go to CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Good. Exactly.
0: Okay, guys, one last question. How can people contact you?
1: We are emailing is hello at socialsary.com and they can just go to our website and contact us there too. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're everywhere.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today.
1: No, Thank Thank you, you, Lauren. Lauren. Take care.
0: And thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback. Reach out to me by email or on LinkedIn and let me know what
1: your favorite part of this episode was. See you next time. Bye-bye.